This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. bartender podcast for the wednesday quick shot episode i am anthony i'm your bartender for the night you can also call me dude i'm cool with that so how's everybody doing welcome to the bar you're you are now sitting in the bar that uh well it doesn't know what to think about itself from time to time but hey at least you uh, no matter who you are you're gonna have a good time there's too much shit happening in the world right now so let's all sit back and relax and have a drink people uh, you, uh, if you're not really a drinker, you can, you know, sit and have a Fruitopia or if they, do they sell those still? I don't know. But, uh, you know, let's all sit back, relax, chill for a few, man. Let's just be mellow. And once we've reached that really good mellow, it's time for today's drink shot, uh, drink special. You know, normally on uh, Wednesdays, uh, because of that mix up that I just said without editing it. I usually do a shot on Wednesday episodes, but this shot or this drink, once again, done it again, uh, it caught my attention because the presentation of it is actually really cool. I picked this up off Instagram from uh, Jugo James from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, this is what he says. Uh, this drink here is called a pear floater. This is what he says about it. For those of you who might not know, pears are actually a winter fruit, and I decided to go buy some organic pear nectar. For this refreshing winterized selection. The honey and ginger notes pair nicely and are typical to goes with pear nectar. Here's the recipe. What you're going to need for the pear floater is half ounce of ginger liqueur, half ounce of honey ginger spice syrup, half ounce of lime juice, one ounce pear juice, one and a half ounces of uh, Kochi Americano fortified wine, two ounces of gin. He has a preference, but they're uh, they're not sponsored sponsoring me, so you'll have to go to his page to figure that one out. Um, eight to ten mint leaves and soda water. Here's how you make it: muddle the mint and honey ginger spice syrup in the bottom of the glass. In a shaker, add all the ingredients aside from the gin and pour it into the glass. Float the gin on top of all the ingredients. Top with soda water and garnish with a lime wheel. I'll have a picture of it up on Instagram and uh, Facebook as soon as this uh, episode gets posted. But the presentation is actually very cool. It's got some nice layering going on there and colors. It's uh, just, yeah, it deserves to be uh, approved by the bartender. If some of you haven't noticed that, uh, if you don't follow me on Instagram, when you guys post pictures and uh, tell me how to make your drinks, Usually I go through uh, Instagram to look for these drinks that I bring to you guys because there's a lot of bartenders out there that still are able to experiment and mix drinks and design something that's their signature drink, something something of their own. And if I find it and I like the looks of it because uh, I don't have the money to go out and uh, taste every single drink you guys present out here, but if I like the looks of it and I like that you give me the recipe on how to make it, I tell you guys here on Hey Bartender Podcast, and if I really like it, I'll throw I'll throw in the comments, Hey Bartender Podcast approved, because it is approved by me, the dude. Let's see, for the quick shot episode today, what do I want to talk about? Do I want to talk about that? I don't know if I should or not. 
maybe I should think about it for a little while. Hit pause, really start to get my mind around it. You know what? I I I got to bring this up. Yeah, uh, this is something that I've run into a lot more in my older age than I did when I was younger in bartending. Now, personally, I just I thought nothing of it. I thought it was just something that I did, and I never really thought too much about it. Nobody else had too much trouble, and I thought it was you know it's just me. But has any of have any of you bartenders out there, serv- bartenders, servers? Uh, managers, cooks, bus boys, bus girls, uh, any of you guys, anybody that works in the service industry, period. I'm, I'm, I'm even talking to the dancers out there, uh, hostesses, uh, all of you, anybody that works in the service industry. Have you ever had to take a few minutes before your shift and kind of gather yourself? Now, here's what brought this into my head. I, uh, I'm learning martial arts, uh, and uh, uh, I'm a green belt right now, and uh, I'm getting a lot of anxiety because I'm uh, getting ready to go to brown belt, and it's a pretty big deal. I, uh, it, uh, well, every getting progressing from each belt to belt is always a big deal. I don't care who you are. Uh, it's a, to me, it's a symbol that you're uh, working hard and you're. A tra- uh, attaining a new goal every time you get a new belt. Right now, I'm studying at uh, Matthews Martial Arts in Midland, te- uh, Midland, Texas. Uh, I'm learning Kajakimbo, and uh, I've been trying hard for the last two years. I've been learning all of the uh, katas. I've been learning all of the defensives, uh, tricks, counters. Uh, and, and I'm, you know, it's, and I've got all this stuff in my head, but all of a sudden, when I became green belt, uh, just all of a sudden, all this shit starts getting into my head go- going, how am I going to remember all of this stuff? My God. And then I uh, get myself into the dojo and then they say something like, I want to see you do trick number five. And then I blank and I'm like, oh shit. And, uh, and I was worried about that before Christmas, but I was able to pull through it. I even practiced all through Christmas. Uh, you know, took some time by myself in a room and practiced, uh, you know, the katas, the counters, all that stuff. But yesterday, when I went into class, I arrived uh, pretty early. And instead of, uh, you know, going into uh, immediately going into the dojo, stretching out, uh, you know, get warmed up so that I'm ready to go into class. All I did was sit in my truck. I just sat there and, you know, maybe flip through a little bit of TikTok, flip through Instagram, see what you guys are up to, uh, see how my numbers are doing on the podcast. And all I did was sit there and uh, I could have pulled out my notes that I have on my phone for, so I can have it in my head, uh, tricks in stuff, uh, tricks in defensives, but I couldn't do it. I was just sitting there going, I can't, I can't, I'm nervous. I, there's just so much for me to remember. And the point of going to the class is to learn this stuff. Oh, fuck you, you bill collecting motherfuckers interrupting my podcast. I'm not even going to edit that out. Ah, so, but all I was sitting there thinking is, uh, okay, I'm about to belt up here really soon. 
and I don't feel like I know anything. And, uh, and when in factuality, you know, uh, I've got to convince myself I know more than I think I do, but I'm not solid on it. But I caught myself just sitting there thinking, getting, you know, trying to psych myself up. There was no way in hell. I drove all that way. There was no way in hell I was going to turn around and go back home. But I knew I was going to go, uh, go in there, but I was nervous because I have to show that I know this stuff. Otherwise, I don't progress. And then it all of a sudden dawned on me, I do this a lot. I sit there and, you know, sit and think about what's about to happen uh, in my vehicle or, you know, whether I ride my motorcycle, whether I'm driving my work truck, my personal truck. I, I always show up early when I'm about to do something where I have to prove my knowledge and I freeze up. And I all of a sudden it dawned on me yesterday this fucking happens to me all the time. It has for years. Back in 1999, yes, I go back that far. In fact, I go back to 1976. So just, uh, you know, face it, people, I'm older. No, I'm, I'm not old. I'm just older. So I'm uh, back in 1999 was my official bar. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to count the uh, working at the banquet halls for this one. But this is my first official bar that I've ever worked at. And uh, the reason why I'm not going to count uh, the being a banquet bartender is because I never had to talk to anybody. All I had to do was pour a drink, and they went and sat back at their table. So it was fairly easy. But I'm in a true bar situation, and uh, I have to talk to the customers. I have to engage with them, be entertaining. I have to pour their drinks, and... There were times that I can uh, that I've just figured out where I thought nah, I'm just a little bit early. I'm just going to chill out in this side of the parking lot for a little while, and then I'll walk in about ten minutes early. But thinking back on it now, that was kind of what I was doing. I was sitting there. I think you can uh, it qualifies as an anxiety problem because. I would sit there, smoke cigarettes, even though you know, I could have gone into the bar and smoked cigarettes in the break room. You could back then. But I would sit in my car, smoke cigarettes, and sit there and think about, okay, uh, I have to be engaging. I have to, I have to be funny. Uh, I have to talk to everybody. I can't just talk to people that I'm comfortable with or not uh, and ignore the people I'm not comfortable with. I've got to uh, pour the drinks. I have to know the drinks that they ask for. And, you know, but then all of a sudden I'd sit there and go, but what if they want a Singapore sling? I don't remember what goes into Singapore sling. Oh, shit. What am I, uh, and this was 1999. You couldn't just look it up on your phone real quick. You uh, had to have, have a bar Bible uh, or a cocktail Bible behind your bar, or you had to depend on the customer to tell you how to make it. Some customers take that good. Some customers take that bad. And by this time working at that first bar, I was working the night shift because uh, they, the owners eventually admitted to me that I, they originally didn't want me to work the night shift. They wanted me to work the day shift because they didn't think I could handle night shift. And I, you know, when they told me that admitted that to me front, uh, just to my face, I wanted to say, fuck you, but they were, Longtime family friends, and I just said, "Hey, don't worry about it. I can handle it." 
you know, tried to give them a little bit of comfort, even though they pissed me off. But working the lunch shift compared to the night shift, is two different animals completely. Uh, lunch shift, you get a horde of people for maybe two hours, and they just want their food real quick, right now. They got to get back to work. And then you spend the rest of the time doing your side work or prep work. It, you know, that's pretty much what the day shift was for me. Starting at 10 o'clock until I think it, I think it was about four. No, no, uh, that, uh, the, the night bartender came in. Uh, we always came in at five o'clock, but, uh, that, uh, that was it for the morning shift. But then one day they had to fire their other two bartenders for, uh, selling weed behind the bar. I've told you that story before. The guy left his weed on, on top of the bar and accidentally locked himself out of the bar and manager found it the next morning. Anyway, um, the, the guy was a real genius, if you ask me. But that's not, I don't want to talk about that today. But all of a sudden, I was thrown into the night shift. It was just because they had no other options. The uh, other server that had seniority that they figured would take the night bar shift, she didn't want it. She did just said, uh, I can't, I can't do that shift. And so they turned to me and said, uh, I know you've been here since 10, but would you mind closing tonight? And I, of course, you know, you know, can't, I can't just flat out say no, you know, the, uh, because I was faithful to my job at the time. Now I, I'm still faithful to whatever job I have, but I don't believe in job security. But, uh, but anyway, uh, like I said, before my shift, since this was a new avenue for me, I was going to meet new people and uh, have to talk to them and uh, you know work with people that I don't know and in a town where nobody knows me. I mean, because a lot of the uh, a lot of the bartenders in that town where I worked, they went to school with their customers, they babysat their customers, they uh, their kids played with their uh, uh, their customers, kids, that sort of thing. Everybody knew each other, but then comes from, uh, coming from another suburb town, uh, this guy, the dude who they don't know and they don't trust just because they didn't go to school with them. They didn't play football with them. They didn't, you know, whatever. So I actually felt like that I had the hard job to try to get to know these people, Meanwhile, all the other bartenders in town, they everybody knew each other uh, and have you know worked with them for a long time. But you have to remember, they had to st- some bartenders had to start somewhere. It's not like uh, any of the uh, great bartenders uh, of around the world. You know, they walk in and automatically know everybody. That uh, I had, and I had to convince myself of that. So the only way I could really uh, try to psych myself up and feel like I'm ready to go in and be a bartender, entertain. Let's listen to stand-up comedy because, uh, yes, a lot of bartenders, they uh, entertain by telling jokes. That was my way out. I uh, regurgitate jokes that I would hear uh, from comedians or something I read, and uh, that usually was a way to entertain people and have them get to know me until... Uh, we got to a subject that I was comfortable talking about. Now, some of you guys already know religion, politics, I'm out. You know, I'll walk away. It, that's 
you, you don't talk about that uh, uh, those two subjects in a bar. That's a cardinal rule. Even though probably today they all, everybody is. Ugh. So, you know, I'd be sitting there listening to comedians like Stephen Wright, Mitch Hedberg, uh, Bill Ingvall, uh, Jeff Foxworthy. I'd, I'd be listening to uh, all of them, uh, even Cosby. Well, especially Cosby, uh, because telling Cosby jokes was a great way of killing a lot of time when you didn't have any drinks to be uh, drinks to be made and these people sitting at your bar expect to be entertained. Because Bill Cosby had this amazing way of telling a joke that would last like uh, he would tell this story for 10 minutes and the punchline at the end would usually kill. And, you know, okay, calm down all you people that don't uh, respect Cosby right now. But he's a good comedian. I don't care. You know, I'm not talking about what he did in his personal life. That's his business and the business of the people that he did it with. But uh, he's, to me, great comedian. Uh, Robin Williams. I used to try to regurgitate his jokes a lot. And, God, that was hard. And uh, because he's so fast, on point. And, uh, you know, it, it takes it takes a lot to be able to do, the, uh, do his jokes. But... Being, uh, you know, telling jokes behind the bar was what got me through and what helped break the ice between these me, between me and the people that were at the bar that didn't know me. Because let's, you know, admit it, when you get a new customer or you go into a new bar, these people don't know you. And so you kind of have to, you uh, you, you kind of have to be the icebreaker, not them. That was my problem. Uh, sometimes I'd be the icebreaker, but most of the times I was always really standoffish because I was nervous to be there. Some of the personalities that, uh, I ran into, I had a hard time getting to know these people because, uh, they're hardcore into sports or, uh, you know, they're, uh, they just got out of the gym and decided to have a couple cold ones before they go home. Uh, or, you know, those people I, I just couldn't relate to. And those people made me the most nervous because, uh, it, became an idea that am I supposed to talk about sports? Am I supposed to know everything about sports? Cause I don't know shit about sports and I don't intend on trying, but I did find some people that I got along with great. And all we did was talk about music all night long. I've told you that guys that before talking about music is my wheelhouse. And if you want to know something about the Beatles, be prepared for at least a half hour long lecture that, and, uh, and if you uh, get me started, that's all on you. But yes, before going into work, I'd sit back and have to sit back and relax for a little while because I was scared but to go in there and have to entertain these people that I don't know and sit there and worry about every damn thing. Am I going to be entertaining enough? Am I going to be able to retain this person as a customer? Am I going to be able to make the drinks right? And you know, it just dawned on me that I started off this podcast saying sit back and relax, and all of a sudden I'm telling you stories about anxiety. Ugh, I feel like I'm schizophrenic now. Fucking phone shit. Uh, I'll put that on vibe, uh, mute so I don't have to uh, pretend like I'm not doing anything. Or, well, you guys get it. Uh, you know, you guys have any of those rules where you're not allowed to have your cell phone behind the bar? I'm trying to pretend that I'm a bar talkative bartender here and my phone's going nuts. At least I didn't answer it as far as you know. But, um, you know, after a while working in that town uh, with the first bar, I was there for about a year and a half. 
And then uh, the second, the bar, the next bar I was at, I was there for maybe three or four months. And I didn't have to worry about that sort of shit there because uh, that the second bar didn't have any customers because of uh, the cops were constantly watching that place for drunk drivers to come out of there. Uh, it was the place was under a microscope. So people were scared to go there because no matter how much they drank, they were going to get pulled over. And, you know, the plus I was under strict rules that I couldn't pour multiple liquor drinks, you know, nothing more than uh, liquor in a mixer. That's it. And so as soon as I got out of that place, cause there were zero customers, I'd sit there for an eight hour shift and only make like $30 in tips all in the first two, three hours, but then end up sitting with my feet up on the bar stools, uh, watching comedy central until closing time. I stuck around till usually till closing time, just because I'm getting paid for it. Might as well. If I, if I was, if I wasn't paid by the hour, I, as soon as I realized that the, uh, bar was empty for longer than an hour, I would have been gone. But then as my career as a bartender progressed, the next bar that I worked at, I worked there for uh, a couple of years and I was comfortable there because I was back in the town where people knew me. And so it was just, Hey, good to see you again. Hey, where, what have you been up to? And so it wasn't as nerve wracking as the first bar that I worked at. I was comfortable with the customers. So a few customers would take the time to come over and visit me after they uh, stopped by and visit Shannon. And, you know, I owe Shannon a lot to uh, help me to uh, be, come out of my shell a little bit because uh, she was she was the one where people were like, what's up with that bartender? And she was like, oh, psh, yeah, that's just the way he is. Uh, and they said, but he said this, and then Shannon would start laughing because these people would take it as, uh, uh, take it offensive, but Shannon ultimately knew I was joking. Uh, but you know, it was one of those sarcastic, Hey, what'd you have to say that for type of thing? Yeah. Kind of like what I talked, talked about a a few episodes ago where people are like, they'll say a sarcastic comment to you. And then you say something back and they're like, Hey, what the fuck, man? I was just joking around. Why'd you have to say that? I hate those people. And there were nights, there were trigger nights, though, where I get did get a little stressed out. I'd come in just fine, and then I'd get a Karen customer or get uh, some kind of asshole in there that would get mad that uh, I wouldn't serve him, uh, I wouldn't serve him anymore or uh, whatever. And uh, those, or a fight would break out even. And that would set me off. I'd be fuming the rest of the night. I uh, or but I'd be hiding it at the same time, still smiling, joking, but I'm sitting there just going, "God damn it, motherfucker!" And because I put I was putting on an act for my other customers that were cool, and you know, oh nah, that that sort of shit. Yeah, don't even worry about that shit. But on the inside, I'm you know basically throwing rocks at a glass house. But I didn't realize until just the other night uh, that I go through that sort of thing all the time. I freak out. I panic. And, you know, I'm still working on it, uh, trying to figure out how to get past that. And because, you know, I can, I can go to work every day, don't want to, but uh, I can go to work every day and do my job. I can, uh, I know that much. I can meet up with friends and feel comfortable. 
uh, I can, uh, you know, I, there, there are things that I am comfortable doing, but every once in a while I hit that wall where I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing? Uh, well, is this, am I doing this right? Uh, what am I going to do if this happens? What am I going to do if that happens? And the important thing to do is just try to center, center yourself. Listening to the stand-up comedy records before, um, yes, I called them records. I'm that old. Uh, listening to the stand-up comedy records was also not only a way for me to try to think of ways to entertain customers, but it also relaxed me quite a bit. And just have a couple good belly laughs and then walk right into work. And, uh, you know, that was part of the reason why the, the owners of that first bar that I worked at uh, never, ever really realized, but I was always 15 minutes early. That's because I'd show up in town like half hour to 45 minutes early, but I would park my car and hide for 15 minutes to an half to a half hour and then walk in, you know, go in, check my tips, see if I got any uh, nasty grams from the, from the owner. And then, you know, have a, have one more cigarette and then walk over to the waitress who's about to come off shift and say, okay, what's going on? Then once I said, what's going on, I got centered. I was ready to go to work. Now the, some of the, some of the time, you know, I wasn't talking that much because I was overly concentrating on making the drinks or I was talking, uh, talking to somebody, then I'd get, uh, have to go make a drink real quick and that person was a little bit impatient. Yeah, we all go through that. I'm sure most of you out there went through the same thing that, uh, or go through the same thing that I go through. And you're, the key to it for you might be to blast your favorite song of that week as loud as you can in your car as you're driving to work or listening to it on your headphones uh, or whatever. Uh, but we all have some kind of ritual that kind of pumps us up to go into the, uh, go into work, don't we? And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And if whatever, whatever you got to do nowadays to be able to deal with multiple personalities for eight to 10 hours straight, you got to do it because, you know, there was something that I always worried about is, you know, I got to keep all of these people that come into my bar happy so they'll come back. Okay, you have to come to the realization eventually that you can't keep and make everybody happy uh, because everybody has different personalities, everybody has different moods, and it gets jumbled around like the letters in a boggle box. It's like this woman uh, just got off work. She's sitting down, have a glass of wine. She's in a great mood because she had a great day at work. Then all of a sudden, this guy, other guy comes in who you remember uh, for the last week, you and him were joking around about some subject. And then all of a sudden, uh, you realize, oh, shit, he's in a bad mood now because he just had a fight with his uh, significant other. And so you you got to, you know, change your person. Your personality has to change with every person, almost with every moment. And, you know, and it's a lot of pressure putting on, uh, put on bartenders and servers that we, uh, have to keep a smile on our face and we have to entertain the customers. We have to make sure they're happy. And it's, uh, even managers now, uh, I don't think even understand that. 
anymore. I mean, manage, some managers were probably bartenders or servers at one time. But then you get this one dipshit manager that uh, was uh, an accountant for uh, some company that decided with his retirement money he was going to buy a restaurant because he figured that would be a great way to retire. And he, uh, being an accountant, you don't know a lot about customer service, at least not in the bar industry. Uh, I mean, in that uh, that boss's case. And, you know, there's a learning curve uh, uh, to everything about and you guys the bartenders servers and people that work in the service industry that listen to my show i hope you can relate to all of this uh because we all go through it and uh sometimes we've got to step a little bit out of our comfort zone just to keep somebody happy but you know just remember you don't have to go too far outside your comfort zone because if you're going too far outside your comfort zone, you're not you anymore. You can step a little bit outside the box, but stay in the same warehouse. That's all I'm saying. Jeez, that was pretty profound for a guy like me. Ooh, oh, well. Well, anyway, people, uh, let's get back to uh, chilling out and relaxing. Hopefully, uh, listen to this podcast. Uh, you're listening to Hey Bartender podcast. You get a chance to sit back, relax, maybe laugh a little bit. And I'm not here to try to change the world. I'm just here to entertain it a little bit. So, uh, I've got to stop with these profound trying to sound like I'm uh, some kind of Maharishi or something like that. Anyway, so uh, thank you for listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. Last year was a great year. I'm hoping this year is going to be even better. I'm looking to explore more avenues for this podcast and try to make it bigger and better and uh, more entertaining for you guys. Just because uh, all all the people that follow my podcast, you guys are awesome. I totally appreciate you. And, uh, you know, tell your friends. Because uh, there's no harm in more listeners, please. So, anyway, it is last call, people. Last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar because I'm too far away from you to serve you anything. So, Special thanks to Jugo James for uh, letting me, whether he knew it or not, uh, talk about his drink, the uh, Pear Floater. Uh, if you guys go uh, go out and try to make that drink yourself, let me know what you or your customers think about it. Email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. And go ahead and follow Jugo James and uh, uh, because he's got a lot of great drink recipes on there. And, uh, you know, Check out what he has. You might find learn something new. You never know. And, uh, you know, as usual, thanks to you, the listeners, because uh, without you listeners, I probably would have stopped doing this a while ago. And uh, remember, if you want to help support the podcast, go over to www.heybartenderpodcast.com and pick up a T-shirt or something. You might find something you like and get an official Hey Bartender Podcast T-shirt. That way you can... Brag to your friends that out of all the podcasts in the world, you listen to one of them. Don't forget, if you uh, have a drink recipe you want to share, a story you want to share, or even what you want to be on the show, email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. Uh, I'd love to hear your stories. I'd love to see some new drinks. Uh, if you uh, want to follow me on Instagram or Facebook, both of them are Hey Bartender Podcast. You can also catch me in there. I'm checking messages there constantly. So... Until the next time, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your Wednesday night hump day, if you want to call it that. I, I'm actually tired of that term. 
But uh, until next time, lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just got...